Hello, my name is Dan Lewis, and this is Church Table Productions with my co-host, Al Peabody. Hi, Dan. Hey, Al. And today is our very first episode of Church Table Productions podcast. And joining us today is our very first guest, my very own mom, Kay Lewis. Hi, Kay. Hey, mom. Thank you very much for being on our show, our very first podcast for Church Table Productions. Really exciting. Now, the, the reason of the show is, I don't know if you know about it, is that this is talking about the who, what, when, how, and why you are who you are. Why are you religious? Why are, are you a, what are you? Catholic. You're Catholic. So why are you Catholic? And so we're going to talk about it. We're going to go down this road with each other. We're going to go down this road talking about this, and we're just going to see where it goes, all right? So okay. I, I have a question for you. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. Whereas first question is, tell me about when you were born and what life was like for you during that time. Well, I was born in Dallas. I was the youngest of three children. I have two older brothers. And uh, I was raised as Catholic. I'm a cradle Catholic. My mother was Catholic. My dad was not. He was Methodist, but mother raised me Catholic. My grandmother, who I spent a great deal of time with, and my cousins and so forth, they were all Catholic. So we spent a lot of time uh, at St. Mary's in Fort Worth, and then at the church that I grew up in, which was up in Chicago, actually in Glenview, Illinois. And I was born in the 50s, so I was pre-Vatican II. So I have a lot of memories of what church was like before you, what you see today. So um, it was unique because the altar was at the back of the what we call the front of the church, but the priest had his back to you. What, what's the front of the church, what do you mean? Um, well, you walk in the doors, and yeah. there's pews on either side, and then you walk up to the altar, and the altar faces a wall with lots of statues and things like that. Like a shrine? Yes. Okay. And the priest had his back to you, and Mass was said in Latin. Yeah. There was an altar rail that you would go up to when you received communion. Um, but it was very, um, a lot of pomp and circumstance. Uh, what do you mean by pomp and circumstance? Lots of vestments of beautiful colors, lots of statues that were gilded. Everything was in Latin. On high masses, they had incense, um, but you had a certain way that you did everything, and it was a tradition, and you went through the Mass. I can remember when I was in um, high school, I was up in Canada with my parents, and I went to Mass, and I felt like I was at my hometown church. I didn't speak French, but I knew exactly what was going on. You went to Canada? Yeah. We when did you go to Canada? <laughs> I didn't know this about you. <laughs> um, Grandma and Papa took me up there. They had a little trip that Papa had to go on, so I went with them. So I went to this church, and it was a French church, but it was just like I was going to my regular church because it was in Latin. I knew absolutely everything was going on. I could follow along perfectly with what they had the same vestments. They had the same kind of statues. Yeah. Everything was the same, which is what is nice about the Catholic Church in many ways is the tradition and the yeah. same thing. Uh, I'd like to back up just a little bit. Um, so your brothers were raised Catholic as well? You know, 
they probably were for a certain point in time, but my brothers were older than I was. Okay. So there was kind of a, a gulf there between us, and they did not stay Catholic, but okay. I did. Right. And how was it um, with your dad, and how did he feel about the situation? He never said how he felt, but okay. he allowed Mother to raise me Catholic is she basically took, what it right. boiled down to. Grandma took the wheel on this one. Yeah. yeah, and he was supportive of it. I mean, there were certain, like, uh, father-daughter breakfasts and things like that, and he would he would go with me. He would take okay, me to those things. So yeah. he supported that. I don't know that he did it wholeheartedly, but he supported it. Yeah, what was he? What did he go through during the holidays, or Christmas and Easter? Was he that type? Or? No, he. I don't ever remember him going to mass with us. It was just mother and me, oh. and we went to mass every Sunday. Okay, wow. Okay. And I was raised at in a parochial school. What's that? A Catholic school from oh. uh, first grade through eighth grade. I went to Saint Isaac Jogues. It was in Glenview, which is where I grew up, and it was run by. Um, the Sisters of Holy Charity. Is it true what they say about the nuns, how mean they are? Well, there was a very mean nun that we kind of stayed away from. Yeah. She hit people on the hand of rulers and she, stuff? She did. Oh, she man. So that's a real, it's not the movies, folks. Yeah. She had a ruler. Now, I was the good little girl, yeah. so I never got smacked with the ruler. But We kind of figured some, out real fast. If you some get, boys yeah. got their hands smacked. But it was interesting. When I was in eighth grade... For whatever reason, they decided that they needed some help from some of the girls. So we got to spend some weekends helping the nuns. The convent was upstairs of the school. They were built together. And we got to work with them, and we got to eat with them, and we got to kind of be around them. And I saw them as real women, real people who were just wonderful, you know? But you didn't get that feeling when they were your teachers. Uh And they had a real authority figure. They were. And they were, you know, the black robes and everything. They were very stern and um, didn't mess around much. But in actuality, they were very, very nice people. Dang. (laughs) You didn't know that, huh? I grew up with the nuns. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I knew knew you went to a Catholic school, but not like that. And there weren't enough nuns to teach everything. There were other teachers along with the nuns. Yeah. So not every class that I had was a nun. I had regular teachers, too. But How did, wait, well, so they, they're integrated. How did, why, did, why did they allow that? They didn't have enough nuns. Oh, it's just, just a just C&E, Philony type thing. Yeah. Right. And the school in the convent was actually attached to the church itself. So um, many of our classes and things like that, we would go into the church to talk about things. And on uh, feast days and things like that, we would always be in the church doing what needed to be done. And um, it was just a very comfortable place to be. I have really great feelings and emotions about it. Yeah. Do you still have any friends from that time? No. No? we were always Texans growing up in Glenview until we could get back home. Okay. <laughs> okay. And so when I left, when high school was over, um, I went back two years ago for the first time in 30 years. Actually. Yeah, I remember that. Um, Although Dan had been up to the house yeah. and Melanie, his older sister, I had taken them up there because mom and dad still lived up there. Okay. They didn't retire down here for a while. Yeah. 
So they have been up there. I, and... I, I, I remember the basement and it's snowing and looking up over, through the window right. about the snow. Right. Right. That's, a, that's the only memory I have. Right. But school yeah. was great. I mean, I have good feelings. Now, as far as being Catholic, I was always the good little Catholic girl. If yeah. you told me to do it and believe it, I did. Yeah. And so still today, my faith guides everything. I mean, I have absolute faith yeah. in Jesus and the church and everything else. Um, and that was the way I was brought up. So when you were, um, when, do, do you remember Latin? Do you, do you know how to speak it still? You know, there are certain times in mass now where they'll bring up the Latin. Yeah. And it just flows right out of me. I just. Oh, perfectly. <laughs> totally remember what it was. If you ask me right now to spout something out, I probably couldn't. Yeah. But if I'm in the middle of Mass and it comes up, oh, yeah, I know it. Oh, and wow. I know what it means. Wow. Yeah. So, hey, what was the transition like going from a Catholic school to a public school? It was really kind of a scary thing, I remember. Uh, besides going from eighth grade to high school, I had to make a decision. There was a girls' Catholic school that I could have gone to. Yeah. But my brothers had gone to this, well, it was Maine East. Um, and where? where? Park Ridge, Illinois was okay. where the school was. And um, mother was going to leave the decision up to me, and I don't know what dad thought. At that point, I'm telling you, mother was in control of what went on. Right. So she left it up to me, and I ultimately decided that I would go to the public school instead of the Catholic girls' school. I wasn't too crazy about the idea of going to an all-girls school because the school I'd come from was co-ed. Yeah. So that's what I did. But I never lost I never lost the faith, and I never lost the religion. And in fact, my first year of college, I went to the University of Iowa in Iowa City, and the first thing I did was find the... Catholic youth group mm -hmm. and it met in the basement of a big old scary building everything was scary back then um, but it was wonderful oh my gosh there was a young priest there and uh, my roommate and I we ended up taking a group of second graders and taking them through first communion wow, so it was cool. it was very um, it was great it was scary in a lot of ways I think I've told Dan this story we would have mass on Sunday afternoon and then there would be a dinner and we'd right. have dinner and we were busy making the dinner and we were finished get mass was finished up and we were trying to clean up and there was wine left over. <laughs> uh oh. What was this wine? It was a consecrated wine? Yes. <laughs> and yeah. and he says to me, here, you go ahead and drink this. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> no, <laughs> I can't drink that. That's the blood. I can't. I can't do that because it wasn't done back then. Right. Uh. You didn't do that. And he convinced me that it was okay. And this is the priest. Yes. Okay. I want to make sure we got that clear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I. I and I, you know what? I don't remember that I did drink it uh. because he could see that I was so freaked out by the thought of drinking. Priest John that, Doe, I'm sure. Oh, um, <laughs> you know um, that I didn't, but it opened my eyes as everything did at that point in time, that there was, things were changing. That point in time was after Vatican II. Right. <clears throat> before oh. then. And the other thing I want to say about <clears throat> Vatican II before then, if you went to communion, you had to fast for three hours. And now it's just an hour, yeah. From any food or water. Whoa. 
at all. And prior to that, when my mother grew up, you couldn't have anything after midnight. So wow. the rules were quite a bit different about right, that. It was very different, yeah. So wow. I can remember at our church when they turned the altar around and the priest faced, you know, yeah. the people. And it was, it was a big deal. It was, you know, really interesting. And then he started using English. And it was like, you know, what is happening here, you know? And he would try to explain what we were doing and all of that. And it was, you know, simple things like going up to the uh, railing to receive communion. They had a gold plate with a little handle, and the altar boy would stand there, and he'd put that under your chin. It was called a patten, I remember. Yeah. And the priest would put the communion on your tongue. And the idea of us touching it now, of course, that would have never happened back then. Wow. But um, that was the way it was done. So just a whole lot of things. So it wasn't just the seeing. It was seeing it. It was physically moving around. It was touching it. It was hearing it. I mean, everything changed. Mm -hmm. Everything wow. changed. Dang. And, of course, for me, it was no big deal because it was like, if you say this is the way we're going to do it, then this is the way we're going to do it. And I didn't have a problem with that because I was told that's the way it was. And once again, my faith kept me going, still is, all these years later with all the changes. Wow. So you say Grandma was a Catholic and Papa wasn't, right? <laughs> right. So what, what, what was Papa? He was Methodist. Yeah. And I actually didn't find that out until after Grandma died. <laughs> Skeleton in the closet there. The subject huh? just never came up. He started going to church up in Gainesville. Yeah. And he took me with him to church. And I was like, Are you kidding me all this time? Because if we <laughs> go way back in history, yeah. I had a lot of friends that were Catholic, but I had a lot of friends who were not Catholic. Yeah. And a couple of my best friends were Methodist. And I would go to their church and different activities with them. Okay. And it was like, why he never said anything once again. I think Grandma was in control. Grandma was always in control. That was <laughs> About weird. what was going on. Yeah. Um, but I remember... It wasn't weird, it was just the way it was. There was a yeah. point in time when, um, you know, you go through this in your Catholic religion, because my religion was during the day at school, where the Catholics were going to heaven. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry, the Catholics were going to heaven. And I must have said something kind of negative to Debbie and Nancy and she just put her hands on her hips and she says, I just want you to know that I'm going to heaven too. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, yeah, that would be right because look, we're at your church and we're doing all this cool stuff and you believe in God just like I do. So it was a real eye opener for me to have someone of another yeah. faith, still Christian, but of another faith yeah. saying to me, I'm going to heaven too. Yeah, okay. You know, so that, that was a good thing that happened when I was young, and I never had to worry about it again. Because sometimes I think those nuns really did want to make us believe yeah. that only Catholics were going. <laughs> <You know? laughs> wow, yeah. So can you pinpoint a time in your childhood when you became aware of the church and, um, and God, and what did you do with that knowledge? When I became aware of being yeah. a Catholic? Uh, yeah. I was always, always aware that I was a Catholic, and I always well, like well, so like your first memory is at four, right, four or five. So, <clears throat> well, it was probably in 
first grade, honestly, going to school and seeing the nuns and everything. It oh. just cemented oh, okay. all of that yeah, I got it. for okay. me. Yeah, you, 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 you didn't have a choice in that. You're like, there you are. I guess I'm Catholic. I'm going to Catholic Church at right. school. Yeah. Okay. All right. So growing up, were you ever confronted or challenged because of your religion? Never. Never. I recall. Never. Um, other than Debbie and Nancy saying that they were going to heaven too. That was the only confrontation that I remember. Um, but you have to understand that area that I grew up on, the North Shore of Chicago, was very um, diverse. Lots of different uh, cultures, um, religions. Like across the street was a huge Jewish community. Yeah. And I babysat a lot over there, so I got some real input into that. But then I had friends who were really Polish or really German or really Italian. Wow. And they lived their culture. Yeah. And so when you went to their houses, their houses were decorated certain ways and their foods that they had. And, of course, their grandmas all spoke the native language that was, you know, their country and everything. But that's the way it was back then. You know, so um, there were lots of Catholics, yeah, lots of Christians, um, lots of Jews, yeah, um, and that was pretty much it. I don't remember any other cultural group. Um, oh. I really didn't have any friends who were Asian or Indian or anything like that. They didn't live in that part of town where I was. All right. Okay. Uh, as a young lady, you kind of mentioned this. You started talking about going to the University of Iowa. Mm -hmm. um, what were your hopes and dreams about this time of your life? I'm assuming you hadn't met Calvin yet. No. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> no. no. Hmm. Well, there, your choices were limited mm -hmm. back then when I was growing up. You for sure were going to get married. Okay. You were pretty for sure going to have a family. And if you were going to go the next step and get an education, which I wanted to do, you were probably going to be a teacher or a nurse. Why? Why a teacher? I mean, that's just the way it was. It's laid out for you? Well, there, was, there were no other choices that I could see. And so I kind of went rogue and decided I was really like foreign languages. So I started out with Spanish and German, which I took in high school. And I don't really know what I thought I was going to do with them. Yeah. Because um, I didn't. <laughs> but we, the, the idea of like going into business or, or, you know, doing something else just really wasn't um, in the community where I grew up. It just really wasn't out there. Right. So, that, that was, those were professions for men at the time. Right. So the fact that I was going to college itself was something so it reminds me of like madman it's showed madman it's very man world right yeah. and i went to college because my brothers went to college yeah and i was as smart as my brothers were at least as smart as your brothers i'm yeah. sure and so it was like well what would i do if i didn't go to college i mean you know i mean i had friends who were getting married Mm -hmm. yeah. And that isn't what I wanted to do. Not so, at that point, no. No. So, um, how, how, how old were you at this time? 18. You're 18. Wow. So you grew up You grew up in a very controlled environment, but knew enough to where you didn't want to stay a at-home mom, a stay-at-home wife. Right. 
Wow. Where many, many of my friends, were, that's what exactly what they were doing. Why? Why? Why did because you go that way? Because that was the way the culture was. Well, no, I get that, but why did you step away from that? What made you want to go the other direction? Because I just thought there was more out there. Well, didn't yeah. know what it was, but I thought there was more out there, and I liked school. Yeah. Actually. I still like school. I mean, I've been in education my entire life, so wow. I liked school. So, and I, I know that my dad wanted something more for me. Wow. And mother was like, "Whatever you want to do, let's just do it." Wow. So, that's that's what I did. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, so you're definitely a, a rule breaker, so to speak. I just yeah, went She was a radical. <laughs> She's a radical man. <laughs> yeah. That radical Catholic girl over there. So, so that goes into your teenager. You decided to go into college, and uh, and that was not because of your religious background, but it's because you want to do your own thing, basically. Right. Okay. So your religious background, though, it made you want to be a wife at some point, be a mom. Oh, I always knew I was going to get married and have kids. Oh. That was always part of. My you told life. me a story once where there's this Italian guy a greaser that you had in hots for. Daniel, I don't remember that. You don't remember that? No. You're like, cause it's before you met Dad down here in Texas. Could you, wait, wait, back up. Can you explain the term greaser before we go too much farther? Oh, the greasers. You know, like, like uh, Black grease. leather jacket, riding motorcycles. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to take that out of context. That's all. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who you're talking about. He's in your science class or something. I remember a story about that or something. Oh, yeah. That was a long time ago. <laughs> That was, uh, yeah. It was just a different... <laughs> One of your favorite movies, Grease. <laughs> okay. Actually, he was a different... You know, when you go to high school from a Catholic school for eight years, you meet a lot of different people. Oh, yeah. From different cultures. That's part I go... And he was yeah. a different... He's definitely different. He's a Greaser. Yeah, yeah he was, was, he was yeah. very different. I met a lot of different people. I met... Oh, was it, was it just shocking? Was it like, oh, my God, what am I doing? Or... No, it was just experiencing other kind of people. Wow, yeah. You know? Did he have any tattoos? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I remember told I remember she told me this, she told us that we were a long time ago. She told us about it. We we're like, oh man, we could have been our dad could have been a greaser, man. <laughs> and living I in Chicago. I don't think so. No. I don't think so. No. So no. did you ever at all question your faith? Oh no, never. No, you were there. This is it. Yeah. So fast forward a little bit, and how did you get back down to Texas? Yeah. So I went to Iowa for, um, I went to Iowa that first year. I was supposed to go to UT. Okay. UT in Austin. And then um, I was worried about leaving my mother alone. Where was Papa? He was, he worked all the time. He left Monday morning, came back Friday night. He's a madman. Yeah, yeah, he was a. Yeah. He was Wait, a high, what did he do for a living that he was he gone all week? He worked with, um, in a baking company, and he was like the vice president, and he would go to other concerns and help them run things. He did. So he's like a regional manager of some kind. No, he was. Or the U.S. I mean, he went to Puerto Rico. He went all over. He knew oh. the business, so he was working with, uh, you wow. know the. Um, Groups that were putting it all together, working, and um, he could do the law. He he worked with um, Martin Luther King Sr. Wow. Whoa. At one point go. in time, trying to get 
the black people into the baking industry in Atlanta. So um, he was a high-powered guy, and he was gone the whole time. And anyway, mother had gone to work at Marshall Fields. If you yeah. know Chicago, oh, yeah. you know Marshall Fields. And I was worried about leaving her. Okay. Silly me. Yeah. So I went to Iowa because it was only four hours away instead of, you know, 12. Yeah. So um, I went to Iowa and to my best girlfriend, Debbie and Nancy, with, I'm going to heaven too, <laughs> was already at Iowa. So I went out there. And it was a real experience, but I only went home at Thanksgiving, so, you know, forget that. Um, and then winter came. Oh. And I thought I had seen winter living in Chicago. Mm. Well, when you're on the plains of Iowa, oh, you man. have not seen winter. And that first winter, within one week, I said, that's it. I'm going to Texas. <laughs> I've had all the cold I want. And I transferred down to Texas. To, what, to where? University of North Texas. Back then it was North Texas State University. I oh. couldn't get into UT because I was a transfer student. Mm -hmm. And I had a 3.9 average and I had to have a 4.0. Wow. But I had two cousins up there and my whole family lived in Fort Worth. Okay. So I was, I was satisfied. Yeah, you're good. So, so I went to the uh, North so, Texas State University. And lo and behold, who did I meet? Yeah. Second semester, yeah. but my husband. Yeah, but yeah. Yep, and so we've been together ever since. That was a long time ago. Yeah, how old were you then? I married him when I was 20. Wow. So when I went, came down here, and I'd had such a good experience with Catholic environment in yeah. Iowa, and my mother said to me, now when you go down there, you're going to find a different environment. <laughs> yeah, Texans, yeah. And um, when you go to look for the University Catholic Center, they aren't going to call it the University Catholic Center. They're going to call it the Newman Club. Uh-huh. They wouldn't even say the word Catholic. <laughs> You're in a Bible Belt down here. Yeah. That's what I was. So yeah. I, found, I found the Newman Club, um, and I got involved and stayed with it. It was the, let's see, the church was Immaculate Conception. Still there. Then. Well, well not, not the original yeah, The parish one. is still there. Yeah, but that was where, you know, I was involved. And I did do some um, youth training there yeah. when I was there. And your dad was not Catholic. No. He was Baptist. Yeah. But he wasn't um, a radical. Can I use that word? Yeah, radical, <laughs> He wasn't yeah. a radical Baptist. Yeah. Um, or he just really loved me a lot, one or the other. So when we decided we were going to get married, uh, mother was once again like, okay, you need to watch this because she'd married a non-Catholic and she knew the limitations mm -hmm. when you marry someone who's not of the same faith. And so your dad and I had a lot of discussions and he was like, look, you can raise our kids Catholic. I have no problem with that. You can go to church, whatever you want to do, you know, that's fine. I support you with that. And in fact, when we went to see the priest, um, seems to me that Calvin had to sign some papers that mm -hmm. said he agreed to raise, let me raise the children Catholic. It's still the same that. way today. So we did that, and we were married in I the think. church. Yeah. And um, he let me raise you all Catholic. Of course, you were the toughest one. Well, of course. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, so I raised you all Catholic, and what can I say? The three of you that are married, I'll marry a Catholic. I think that's the best way to go, looking back at it now, because yeah. you share so much more when you have the same faith and, yeah. you know, go to the same masses and same events and all of that kind of thing. Yeah. But that's how, um, and I started at St. Catherine's when it was a mission, St. Woodlake. I've been with them. From the start. From the start, all the way along. I tend to stick <laughs> with whatever I start with. Yeah. So that's how I got where I am today. So today I'm a Eucharistic minister. I've been the Women's Club president. Um, I was in the Knights, Women of the Knights, for a while. Um, I'm on Community Life. I still help out where I can because the church is is part of who I am. Yeah. It's part of well, what I do. Let's back up and talk about your kids so much. You don't have to talk just about him. Um, how was it with raising them? Were they all fairly cooperative? Yes. Yes. Of course, I guess that must have been kind of like my mother because it's like, this is just what we're going to do. We're going to do it. That's it. And they did it. Yeah. Now, Mom always dragged us to church when Dad was staying back home. Always. How did you feel about that, Dan? I hated it. I, 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 I didn't like going to church because I was made fucking makes like, why am I going? Why is dad not going? I wanted to be like my dad. So you never told me that. Well, no. Well, because it's like, well, dun, dun, dun. Yeah. So like, why is, why do I got to go? Dad's not going. He's my role model at the time. So I was like, why is this a big deal? You know? And, and I just didn't like it. I hated it. And, um, but uh, always we get done. You're like, oh, I'm glad I went. It's a great feeling. They, I did it. I've accomplished that. And but so they went through all of the um, yeah steps: confirmation, communion, confession, as much as I could drag them through. Well, I didn't go through confirmation until my thirties. Yeah. I know because you. I were, took off. Yeah. yeah, but that's your fault too. I don't uh -oh. even want to go there with you. He had a friend in high school. Thank well, no. God for this friend. Well, who, no. Uh, you, oh, no, no, let her talk. This is her me. story. This okay. is her story. Go ahead. Who took him by the hand and said, Catholic isn't the only thing you can be as long as you know Christ. And he brought him along yep. and kept him going. Dan said to me at one point, he said, well, if you were Christian, we wouldn't have this problem. Uh -oh. <laughs> was, his dad said, Dan, you need to go to your room now. <laughs> and he was like holding me like this because I thought, I've been fighting with this kid for years and here he has the nerve to tell me I'm not Christian. And I'm not feeling very Christian right now. But anyway, we got, <laughs> we got through it and um, it's worked out, you know, really well. And so um, my oldest daughter has three kids and she's raising them Catholic. Funny story about the youngest one who's six. He was starting his uh, religious education, mm -hmm. and she was out of town, so I had to take him and pick him up, and he was like, I don't want to go, I don't want to go. Of course, that it wasn't that it was, he didn't want to go to church, he just didn't want to go without me. So we get to church, and when I go back to pick him up, I said, so what did you talk about? How was it? And he says, well, they talked about Jesus and da, 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 and they talked about Jesus some more, da, 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 and they talked about Jesus. KK, they talked about Jesus a lot. <laughs> and I said, that's because it was a religion class. 
Well, what's a religion class? It's where you're learning to be a Catholic. He said, okay, I can do that. Yeah, <laughs> very good. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, so they're doing that. So, And then several years ago, Dan's dad decided, after all these years, that maybe he ought to become a Catholic. Like, like 15 years ago now. Yeah. Out of nowhere. I was not happy. We weren't happy. Well, you Why weren't you happy? happy? Because I had fought the battle oh, alone yeah. for so many years. And then now that all the kids are grown. And now he wants to become a Catholic. And I was just like, Really? Are you kidding me? Yeah. You know? So, Thanks a lot, man. Um, but it's good. You know, <laughs> right. I had to say to myself, You're not the judge. He can do what he wants. If mm -hmm. he wants to do this, it's not up to me to judge one way or the other. So talk about questioning faith. Nobody's really ever, uh, other than Debbie and Nancy questioning me, nobody has ever really questioned me. Well, no. I guess I've been firm enough in it that people are like, you know, I'm not going to mess with her because she, <laughs> she knows no, that's great what faith. she wants because Calvin's family wasn't Catholic mm -hmm. and they've never given me a hard time about it. And in fact, one of his sisters has become Catholic. Who? Christine. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah. you know, that hasn't been the issue. Now, I know that you had some off and ons with your friends, but you were always staying on the faith path, so I didn't worry about it yeah. uh, really much. Melanie never told me that anybody challenged her. Bonnie said that in middle school, she had a girl come up, um, and it was like, you're Catholic, and what do you think you're doing, and on and on, and don't you know you're not Christian and all that, and she said, I just stood there with my hands out going, what am I supposed to do with you, and <laughs> <laughs> what you just said, you know, yeah. because why would you attack me like that? So she said, I just walked away, and I let it go, and I said, well, you know what? With people like that, what else can you do? Mm -hmm. There's nothing else you can say or do at that point because they've already made up their mind yeah. that you're wrong when we know that you're right. I mean, you can sit there and you can go through the whole thing. Let's back up. What church did Jesus start? Yeah. How far back do we have to go for you to see yeah. what's really going on here? But they don't ever see it. Right. So, so is there any time, um, you know, we talked about... Uh, Pretty much from now, from your childhood up to now, was there any time during that period where your faith has helped you? Was there any really challenges that you had to face that your faith pulled you through? Anything? Well, my faith always pulls me through. Because but was there any one. particular time? No, then? I can't think of it because it's always been there. I, you know, I listen to people say, "I found Jesus," or "I've accepted Jesus," or you know, "I've got him in my life," and. And I always wonder, because I've always known that Jesus was there for me. And he's always been in my life. And I know I'm saved. It's not ever been an issue for me. And I wish sometimes that people could find that peace. It's just a peace that I have. Yeah. It's faith. It, I, I'm the true definition of faith. Well, there you <laughs> but go. you see. Yeah. <clears throat> wow. Wow. Um. So what do you see in the, your future? Um, your kids are all grown. You're an empty nester now, right? Well, it's grandkids now. Okay. Do they live with you or are they they're out no, and about? No, but we 
give them much of our time and effort and I okay. hope that there'll be more children coming along and just continue on the same path that I'm going on. You know, you have any plans any what is your what do you see your retirement like or anything like that? I don't ever see myself retiring. Who can retire? Yeah, today's time who's gonna retire? I mean, seriously. Yeah. You know, I've got you're a job you're that's walking. pretty good that doesn't hold me down too much and I make the money I need and I can take off to go to Houston to see my grandkids or do things like that. So um, the answer will come, the changes will come when uh, my husband does retire, and that's years down the road because our youngest has to get out of school and get a job right? before we're ready to let anything go. And then we'll decide, you know, what's what. I've got... We have a home here. We have a farm in West Texas. Um, <clears throat> my daughter lives in Houston. I could go live with her anytime I wanted to, and I'd be fine. Okay. I don't know about her dad, but I could go. We have a son in Colorado. I don't know where he's going to end up. Dan's here. I don't know where Bonnie will be. So, you know, the, the page hasn't been written yet. Okay. That's a good that's, word. That's a good, a good way to say it. Yep. All right. Well, so um, any final thoughts, final words? No, I'm just happy for all of the people that are cradle Catholics like me. Because sometimes you get that. Okay. You're, yeah. You're go a back cradle, to what, what's a cradle, a cradle Catholic? Because you were born and raised a Catholic, and I think for some people they break off because it was too much, and they don't they don't have that feeling that it's okay. I hear that all the time. What's that, okay? That. It's okay for them not to be Catholic anymore because oh. it was too much for them or too much was expected. I don't understand that because for me, it's the basis of everything, yeah. you know. So I think if you're cradle Catholic, you're lucky. Yeah. Because you grew up with it and you know exactly what's going on. Well, it's one thing that uh, somebody said not too long ago about you can go to any Catholic church in the world and it could be the same thing no matter what. No matter if it's in Europe or Canada or yeah. Mexico, it's going to be... I've experienced that. I yeah. know exactly what's happening. Yeah. And what other faith can you do that with? Or what other... I shouldn't say faith. What other religion... Or denominations go work to? Denomination. Yeah. You, you can't. Yeah. So it's about that... About, you know, being Catholic and having that structure, that wall behind you, that base. Yeah. Well, right on. Okay. So everybody... Um, that was Kay Lewis and uh, my mom. I've known her all my life. And she is uh, a, a, a cradle Catholic, mother of four, husband, uh, wife, sorry. And uh, that's pretty much the show. Got anything else? I just want to say that um, I am totally impressed with your faith, with your trust in God and trust in Jesus. Um, most, most Catholics, even cradle Catholics, don't find that peace and harmony in their lives at all that there's always a little bit of doubt there's always anxiety and uh, pressure from the outside world and uh, I just find it very refreshing I'm glad I got to know you a little bit better tonight and I'm looking forward to seeing you more often thank you you're welcome well, thanks mom love you love and you too bye